Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. What's up on a Sunday night? Glad to see you. I am Michael Gorky. Starting early. Please forgive me. I'm starting early, and I am man enough to admit the reason why I'm starting early tonight. I'm not ashamed of it. It's because we, me and my wife, want to watch the uh, premiere of the new Game of Thrones spinoff show. That is the truth, and that's just... uh, that is the truth. That's reality. Well, I'm starting early because Game of Thrones starts at 8, and we are going to watch that. So I had to do this early, but I'm glad you guys are with me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you have not already, please subscribe to the channel. You should that subscribe button and uh, ring the notification bell as well so you know uh, when, I, uh, when I go live again during the season. So two weeks, it will be either late Saturday nights, early Sunday morning, just depending on when Ole Miss and State play. That'll just vary. Like, if it's two late kickoffs, then it would possibly be early Sunday morning. It'll just vary based on what's going on. My wife's birthday falls on a Saturday this fall, so that will not be on Saturday because I will be celebrating my wife's birthday and not talking to you crazy people. But late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. So I'm going to add an extra day more football, more to talk about. Uh, so hit the notification bell so you don't miss one of these. And also follow on Twitter if uh, if you have not already. So subscribe to the channel, like the video also. That would help me. Uh, tell your friends. I would appreciate that as well. Uh, get your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or your boyfriend's phone and just pull up YouTube and subscribe. Uh, need to get to 1,000. That's, uh, that's the goal here is just getting to 1,000 before the season's over. That will help me a ton. So all that out of the way. We had a scrimmage in Starkville that people got to actually see. And now there are some questions about injuries. I don't have definitive because nobody ever has definitive from uh, programs anymore. And that's not a shot at anybody. I'm not you know, making fun of the local media there. It just nobody knows about injuries anymore. It's all vague, ambiguous, and it just leaves you up for uh, wondering more so than anything else. But people actually got to see the scrimmage, and I finally have figured out what my take is about scrimmages and what you should take from them. There was also a scrimmage in Oxford. Nobody got to see it. 
I think there is a void, a vacuum of information that's being filled up with stuff that is, in some cases, just completely untrue. I'll tell you what I've heard. It's frankly, it's not much. Um, and we'll talk about that some. You had some key quarterback battles that were decided. If we have time, we'll get to that uh, with Texas and then a notable one at UCF for obvious reasons. Um, and if there's time, the, the injury to, uh, to Matt Corral as well. Uh, because uh, if you were watching that game like I was, that was going to happen to either him or P.J. Walker. It, it was going to happen. It, it was. The, the Panthers' reserve offensive line might be the worst professional offensive line unit I've ever seen, even though none of those guys, or, well, most of those guys aren't going to make the roster, but the fact that they are wearing like NFL uniforms and playing, P.J. Walker or Matt Corral were going to get injured. Uh, that night. it was just going to happen. It just was, and it, and it did, and it's very unfortunate. But that um, was some of the most embarrassing offensive line play that I've seen from an NFL team, even in a preseason game. It was that bad. So hopefully we'll talk uh, about all of that. Uh, and I appreciate. I actually got the haircut uh, like oh, two weeks ago, uh, so I appreciate you guys noticing. Um, I told the story on the radio. The nice lady, she was nice, uh, that was uh, that was cutting my hair, uh, was FaceTiming, I assume, her, her man, uh, boyfriend, husband, I don't know. But she was, uh, she was on FaceTime, uh, not actually holding the phone. The phone was sitting on the, the desk in front of us, but she had earbuds in. And, uh, and she was talking to him during the haircut where she was just buzzing it, you know. Not exactly what I asked for, but that's okay. And at one point during the uh, during the conversation that they were having, she told him that she's not going to drive all the way out there just for that, and he's going to have to buy her dinner too. So while my hair was getting cut, I think there was some dirty talk going on. <laughs> so it was an experience uh, for sure. But yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, how did I like the last season of Game of Thrones? They mailed it in. They mailed it, and I have never enjoyed watching a show more in my life. It was intricate. It was so well-written. It was incredible. Uh, it had the violence. It had everything. The storytelling was brilliant, and they just mailed it in. And you know that they just mailed You could tell. They just completely mailed it in. It, it was an absolute shame. EGO1 says the quarterback competition in Oxford is over, in his opinion. Ole Miss or MSU with the injury news. It's, uh, it's state. Uh, there, there. Well, it, and it's not news. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, it's, ju it's just kind of like I'm hearing this, or this guy might be hurt, and we don't know what the extent of it is. But it's three, uh, significant names uh, that you know people are just talking about. But, but I don't know. I mean, I, I almost feel kind of irresponsible even mentioning it because it might be nothing. But that's all we got. So we're going to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Tucker, I don't know about Boise State secondary. Maybe they can be a little bit better than last year. There's a take for you. Yeah, John Rice Plumley did finally win a starting quarterback competition. Uh, apparently, I mean, a few days ago, or I guess going on a couple of weeks ago now, I was reading about how the other guy was was in the lead uh, for the competition. So he did something right. And um, every time he does something well, it's going to make Ole Miss message boards. And that will be very annoying for the people who have to operate those. Um, I feel so bad for Corral. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. I, I mean, and P.J. Walker as well. Having th Those two guys 
I saw a lot of people saying things like, oh, he looks terrible and stuff. And let's be honest, he, he hasn't been particularly good because he was a rookie in his second appearance on an NFL team and a kind of a bad one uh, at that. But neither he nor P.J. Walker in that game had a chance to do anything other than run for their life the, the entire time they were playing. I felt terrible for him, uh, both of them, but especially Corral. I mean, this really – it's it's very easy to get buried in the NFL. It's very, very easy, and you hope that this injury doesn't cause him to get buried because it's very easy to do so. Score prediction for the state Memphis opener. I think last week at the, I said 38-17, I believe, is what I said last week, 38-17 state. Egio also says, uh, I guess the silver lining is that Matt Rule can't butcher his rookie year before he gets fired. True. Who would I start at quarterback and why at Ole Miss? Well, <laughs> I, I I haven't gotten to watch uh, practice every day. No, I have not. Uh, so it's only based on, you know, reading practice reports, talking to the few people that I, I know that, that are around and stuff. I do have very limited, very limited air quotes, sources, very, very few. Um, it. To me, in my opinion, I think what you should do is maximize your potential at winning. Uh, even though you think you're going to be able to run the football well and and you think that um, defensively you should be pretty good despite both Mark Robinson and Chance Campbell being great so far in the preseason. Um, to me, you have to... If you're going to win at Ole Miss, you have to maximize your potential. And I believe, based on what I've heard and what has been written, that Jackson Dart raises the ceiling of the team, even if, and I don't even know, you know where the narrative is coming from, that he's a gunslinger and, and Altmaier is just this protector of the football. They're both young quarterbacks. They're both going to make mistakes. But I, I would always, just my opinion, um, I would coach to win. And I don't think that conservative and running game and defense is winning in College Station. I don't believe that's winning in Fayetteville. I don't believe that is beating Kentucky even. I don't think that's beating Alabama. I think Ole Miss could have a very, very successful season relative to the program's history by being conservative and running the football and playing defense. But I don't think that you maximize your potential by doing that, if Jackson Dart's ceiling is in fact higher, I would go with him, even if he is a little bit more risky. That is just my opinion. It does not mean I'm rooting for one or the other. Uh, it does not mean I'm I'm encouraging the coaching staff to pick one or the other. It's just simply my opinion. I think too often people pick sides in this deal, and when their guy doesn't win, they're like insulted or whatever, and they should not. Uh, but that's just me. The haircut is popping more. Well, I've worn hats every day. Uh, I've been kind of hiding it. So, uh, yeah, see, Tim says, where's the hat? Uh, usually by this time of day when I'm talking to you guys, like I haven't showered since like 7 o'clock in the morning or whatever. So that's why I'm, I'm always wearing hats. Do I think the competition is over? Yes, I do in one way or the other. Um, in one way or another. Uh, I, I do think that they, they are now ready to make a decision. I do. Can't wait for the Borky late night special with the Arizona-Mississippi State game. Okay, I will not be waiting until that game is over uh, to do this. I will go live during it, though, 
and, and talk with you guys. I think that's the plan uh, right now. And he didn't, yeah, they didn't give him a lot of reps. Uh, and he did some things well, other things um, not so well. And that's what you get with a rookie. And he and P.J. Walker were screwed. You want Kiffin to announce the quarterback on Twitter like Malzahn did. I I have a feeling they'll have like some kind of graphic announcement thing. You, you know, I, I mean, I guess Missouri did it. Some others are doing the same thing where they announce QB1. Notre Dame did it. I think they'll do something like that. But not yet, but I think they'll do something like that. Memphis Rebel says, I think the, the Kentucky game goes like this. Either Ole Miss wins 24-14 or loses 17-14. EGO1 says, Will Levis is overrated. The Ole Miss secondary picks him off multiple times, maybe a pick six. I did watch the Kentucky-Florida game uh, from last year yesterday. I, I, you know, maybe I, I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm watching that's probably true. Every time I've watched him play, I have not seen what other people see with this first-round hype. I, I don't understand where that is coming from. I don't. I mean, I guess Josh Allen wasn't a good college player, and so maybe people are just projecting, but I just don't see it. I really don't. And, and I'm really going to have to be convinced to, to believe that that's real uh, because what he showed you on tape last year is not a first-round pick quarterback. Uh, not not anywhere close. So, anyway. Uh, let's talk scrimmages. I'll start with State because people actually got to see that thing. And I finally came to a conclusion because uh, unless my information is wrong, and, and it's possible that it is, uh, the, the quarterbacks were less than stellar again. Were they bad? Apparently not. But it wasn't like they were outstanding. That's, you know, if you read like the, the practice reports that are put out like by the school, those are intentionally supposed to look favorable. That is literally the job of the people that write those. That is not a shot. It is what they are supposed to do. The stuff that comes from the school itself is always supposed to be positively spun. So that's not a shot. That is literally what they get paid to do. And it's probably a pretty sweet gig. But apparently it was not, you know, it wasn't outstanding. It was a little bit less than stellar. And so unless that's wrong, then so be it. Then everything I'm about to say is is incorrect. But if that is true, that they were, again, just not particularly like outstanding or impressive, I finally figured out what what the appropriate takeaway from scrimmages or or uninspired scrimmages is. I was talking to a Mississippi State fan, and I finally figured it out because he asked, like most people ask, well, what should I take from it? Um, I was trusting him, by the way. This is I looked at the message boards before I logged on, and I couldn't see any like true definitive like stats or anything, or at least I couldn't find any. Uh, but he said, or the stats he gave me, and I'm again, I'm trusting, this is like secondhand of secondhand information. My state fan friend told me what the scrimmage stats were, and I just believe him. So he asked, like, he was like, should I be concerned? Like, what does that mean? And I said, well, how good do you think their defense is going to be? Because that answers your question. But deeper than that, um, I think it's like typing your symptoms into WebMD. That is what scrimmage stats are, especially like for me, because I wasn't there. I couldn't watch it, uh, but it's like typing your symptoms into WebMD because I've got a few symptoms right now because the weather's changing a little bit. And every single year I get 
bad headaches, a little nausea, you know, I, I get stuffy, I, I feel bad. And I actually, I do right now. It happens every time the seasons change. In the fall and in the spring, I just deal with this crap. And that's what it is. It's crap. Uh, it stinks, but I deal with it. If I were to type my symptoms into the computer right now, it would either tell me that I have COVID, I need to quarantine for however long, or maybe they've changed those, I don't know. But you guys know the joke. Well, it means you have cancer. WebMD is like, go straight to cancer. Well, you know, my back hurts. Well, it's cancer. Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, you have cancer. That's what scrimmage stats are. It's like typing your symptoms into WebMD. You can come to a dramatic a dramatic conclusion that is probably not accurate. But it's possible that it's a sign of something. And so should you take any way, anything away from it right now? No, I've said before... I think State's defense is going to be pretty darn good. And because of that, if they're not consistently moving the football offensively, that doesn't surprise me because I think they should be quite good on defense. But let's pretend for a second that, you know, they beat Memphis, but it's not pretty, you know, it looks like Louisiana Tech last year or something like that. And they go to Arizona, it's a funky game, but they win and they're not really moving the football. And then they go to Baton Rouge and lose. Then we can point back to, well, maybe we should have known then that this was going to happen. I don't think it's a definitive. I don't think it's cancer. I think it's something that you should think about going into the season and after a couple of games, and they're not impressive. We knew back in August that it was going to go like that. And I'm not going to do the the hindsight thing where, where, like, let's pretend. Let's just pretend that they lose to LSU and the offense doesn't move the ball. I'm not going to sit here and say, see, I told you so, because I'm not telling you so right now. I think it is a symptom. I don't think it is a diagnosis. You know what I mean? Because we're typing our symptoms into WebMD. That is the best comparison that I can come up with. I think it makes sense. I haven't like truly written it down and gone through the uh, the reverse or, or the uh, the the Christmas tree model of forming an argument. I haven't I haven't done that with this, so maybe that didn't make sense. But uh, anyway, there's also and it's just rumor, and that's all it is. Again, I feel irresponsible kind of talking about it, but apparently. The, uh, Crumity and, and Forbes and Marks are a little banged up uh, to varying degrees. Uh, I, I assume Mike Leach will be asked about it, and I assume he will not answer. I, I assume no information is going to come out about that, but that is what is circulating around. If those two guys are, or, excuse me, if those three guys are a little banged up, that's okay as long as it doesn't spill into Arizona, even though I think they're better than Arizona especially Baton Rouge. I think State can get by if these guys are a few weeks out, and they may not be. I just don't know. Um, if if these are injuries that are lingering for any reason, then I don't think they're in danger until Baton Rouge. But we don't know. Uh, I mean, Forbes and Crumity especially would be big losses for that defense, but I think they can get by um, until Baton Rouge. Um, in marks as well, although they just don't run the football much. But th that's, uh, again, it feels weird talking about it, but 
because I just don't know. But that's those are the names out there. But either either way, uh, on the Ole Miss side of things, I mean, I've said this. I feel like I'm a broken record with uh, with this. Uh, in the absence of information, the void gets filled with bad information. For example, a Twitter account that is floating around uh, scrimmage stats. And it's an account that you've never heard of and is not part of a publication. And it's just kind of like some random Twitter account that, that's putting out scrimmage stats. Uh, it's not a court of law in this great country. Uh, you are inaccurate until proven accurate. Uh, I just, I wouldn't believe that. I got sent that a couple of times, like asking me if it was real. And my answer was, I don't know for sure, but I doubt it. Because uh, how would this person know? Uh, I mean, we even got the, the last scrimmage people that were there, like people that were actually there had different stats for the quarterbacks. People that like got to see it with their own eyes that are reporters that are good at what they do. I'm talking about Nick Suss and Neil McCready. They're, they're good at what they do. They were both there and they, they made notes and all that. And their stats were slightly off. And those are guys that were actually there. Um, and you know, they, they were just slightly off and maybe like one was in the bathroom when a play happened or whatever. Uh, but if those guys were slightly off trying to keep their own stats from a scrimmage, then random Twitter account who definitely wasn't there in a closed scrimmage is not somebody that you should believe. It's just not. So that kind of stuff, the, va- the, the vacuum gets filled with bad information and people just kind of speculate. Um, and even if it was like a stadium worker, well, I think they did it in the facility anyway. It wasn't even in the stadium. I think they did it in the uh, in the practice facility based on the highlight video of one catch where you only saw who was catching the ball. Basically, um, I think they're in the in the IPF. So I, I've I've heard some things. the The constant appears to be that Jackson Dart clearly has a higher talent ceiling, and that, that's just what that's what everybody can say. But in terms of like. I wish I knew. I don't know that that's, I guess I'm bringing you guys into a live stream to talk about a scrimmage. And my answer is, I don't know what happened. I've, I've asked, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what happened. I really don't. Um, I do think that, that there is some, uh, I don't even know if it's informed speculation or what, but, but I do think that people are, um, uh, how should I put this? How should I put this? Um, the way this is being covered is getting a little silly. How's that? It's getting a little silly the way this is being covered. And at this point, I think that they know who their guy is going to be. I don't think at this point that anything can change, that that, that they know. They may not be making a decision yet, but they will soon because they are now inside of two weeks until the first game. They are going to want to start implementing game plan and stuff like that. But, um, exactly, yeah. See, it, it would have been a little bit more believable had he gotten like the understood correct. That, that's a good point. Um, long story short, they know. They may not announce it yet. And I think... You know, trying to to speculate about it or or whatever, and and doing the both sides thing, I'm kind of done with it. And 
I don't think we're going to do it on the radio show tomorrow. And I think at this point, we just kind of wait for the announcement, however it comes. And we'll know inside of two weeks because, you know, speculating about it, speculating about it or both sizing about it at this point is um, I, I feel a little goofy now that we're inside of two weeks. I think they know who who it's going to be. And Lane Kiffin tomorrow when he talks to the media, unless he announces a starter tomorrow, is not going to say anything. He's not going to say anything at all. Uh, you say you missed the Chad Kelly and Bo Wallace zero drama competition transfers. Oh, well, remember when they tried to convince everybody that Chad Kelly was definitely in a competition when he totally wasn't? Um, they tried to make that a thing, but everybody knew that wasn't. Um, I'm with you, though. I am kind of... I'm just I'm ready for this to be done. I'm, I'm ready for the speculation to be over. Uh, I think the the uh, as I've talked about with you guys before, uh, there are some people that have like chosen uh, their guy, and, and I don't like that. Um, and it's not up to me to like police fans. I I shouldn't, you know. But I talk to you guys every day. Uh, there are some fans that are that are picking sides, and they shouldn't. And that would be my advice. But I'm just kind of done with it. Lane Kiffin's either going to tell us who the starter is tomorrow or he's going to say nothing. And if he says nothing and he does the, well, both guys did good things, both guys did bad things, I wouldn't read anything into that at all. I think he knows who his quarterback is going to be. I think that in his mind, even if he hasn't made it public, he knows who it's going to be. And at this point, that's not good like radio guy or, or podcast or whatever you want to call this saying I don't know, but sometimes that's just the right answer. And I think that's the right answer here, is I don't know, and at this point it doesn't matter because we're going to find out in a few days. So what is, uh, what's the difference? Anyway, you think Lane's not going to say anything? I agree. I, I agree. I don't think he'll say anything tomorrow, but I do think he knows. And that's just me applying logic to the situation. If he doesn't know by now, then they're kind of in trouble. Truthfully. I don't know if he's going to wait until the first game. I think that once they start implementing game plan, and there's clearly one guy that is taking the first team reps, then that information will get out. People talk, players talk, coaches talk, and they'll get out ahead of it and do like an announcement or whatever. I don't think we're going to have to wait until the Saturday of of the game because it, it would get out before then. You've got players with NIL deals, talking to people all the time, doing all these interviews and stuff. You got all that. So it, it, it'll get out eventually. Do they keep the media out this week of practice? I don't know. Uh, I do know that Lane does have an op, uh, uh, an op tomorrow, and I agree. This is a little ridiculous. That's why I'm kind of done with it. I mean, you know, we've got a. It's not Ole Miss or State this weekend, but we do have football actually happening this weekend. So I'm, I'm kind of done with it. It's fine. We'll we'll know soon. Jason says, I don't trust state media this early ever because they're always puppies and rainbows. It scares me how no one in Starkville is mentioning the offensive line beyond Lashley was bad. It'll be okay. I hear you. I uh, I hear you. And it's just, unless you're at the practices, you, you don't really get to see it anyway. But, I mean, that that is the big question mark. It, it is. And until week three, we won't know what the answer is. 
does Chad's CFL team alternate quarterbacks? I, I honestly, I haven't watched a snap of Canadian Football League this year, and sometimes I've usually checked it out. But some people are just the junkies, right? Like you had people that watched all the USFL games. That's not me. Uh, I, I love football. It is my life, literally my life. It pays pays for all this, and and I, I love it. But when it's obscure leagues in April or in a different country where they play the game differently and the field goal post is on the goal line and receivers get running starts. It just doesn't grab me. I'd, I'd rather just, you know, enjoy my off season and learn how to miss the game instead of pretend like I truly care about the Toronto Argonauts, you know? So I've, uh, I have not watched it myself. Do I think Luke and Dart? No. Uh, no, in a sense that they are aware of who has performed better. Yes, I think that they are aware. Have they been told? I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they have not been told yet. But you know, I mean, in life, you know when somebody next to you is better than you or has performed better than you. You know, Jackson Dart knows how Luke Altmyer's played and performed, and Luke Altmyer knows how Jackson Dart has played and performed, and, and they measured that against themselves they they're in the film sessions you know they're talking to the coaches they are aware they're absolutely aware of of who has performed better uh an announcement on who's the starting quarterback should not be a surprise unless they are truly neck and neck and again if they're truly neck and neck they've got a problem uh if there is absolutely no difference between the two i think they've got they, they've got a problem but i don't believe that to be the case at this point how is Mississippi State going to do this season? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, tell me how they protect. Um, you know, I've seen people, and it's just fans, and fans are optimistic. I've seen Ole Miss fans say the same thing. I don't think Ole Miss is a 10-win team either. So this isn't a shot at State. I don't think either one, from what we currently know about them, is winning 10 football games. Could they? Yeah, maybe, sure. They could. It happened in this state last year. Uh, but... I don't agree with the line of thinking that says that this team is only going to lose to Alabama and Georgia. I, I don't see that. With road games at Kentucky, with a road game at Ole Miss, they still have to play Texas A&M, and I know that they've had success against A&M, but that's still a talented football team. Uh, I mean, Arkansas, I think, is going to be good, um, if not better. So I don't see the 10. But I do expect them to take another step forward. They should, anyway. Offensive consistency is what I expect. And if you don't see that, then you might have a problem. But that's, I think, to win their non-conference games. Uh, I, I do think that they will, let, for example, beat Auburn at home. Um, until proven otherwise, I think it's a seven or eight win team. Somewhere in that neighborhood. And they got to be healthy too. I mean, if you if if those injuries on defense are long term ones, then it's an issue. Real tree leaks it. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of real tree, uh, I hope you like their fishing pattern because it's going to be on a helmet. I mean, I guess that's not a secret. Everybody knows that now. But yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be on a helmet. 
Jason says, I don't know how to pick State at Arizona. Part of me is like State wins 75-2, to but I'm worried about the offensive line and more so about how the air raid works at midnight central time in a monsoon. You're convinced. You are convinced that it's going to be raining, aren't you? You just know that it's going to be raining in Tucson that night. I'm not as worried as you are. I, I, I do think, what was my prediction yesterday or, or last time? I don't remember, but I do think they're going to go in there and win. Brett says, I'm more intrigued about the offensive line at this point. Um, with Ole Miss, yeah, I, you, you bring in, you possibly, I mean, we'll see, uh, you, you bring in Mason Brooks and, and he might've gotten beaten out, which would be interesting because it's a high caliber transfer and, and a great evaluation if that's the case. This is the time of year where the state media is predicting eight, nine, sometimes 10 wins and an egg bowl win as gospel happens every year. Yeah, I think Haydad, has he released his media predictions yet? Has he done that yet? I don't think he has, but uh, I think he has them going eight and four. That's fair. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. But unfortunately, they trade Vanderbilt for Georgia. Vanderbilt was on the schedule last year. They trade them for Georgia. That's tough. The past couple of games, he scores a touchdown in the first quarter, but he isn't the ending quarterback. State in Arizona gets weird, but MSU wins by 14-17 in the end. I agree. I, uh, I agree. Jason says, I do wish y'all go back to letting Scary Gary and Haydad talk about NASCAR and wrestling in the offseason. Those were some great shows during the pandemic. We'll, we'll still do stuff like that. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think Richard's uh, big on the wrestling. I think that that's kind of where the line's being drawn here. Uh, do they unveil the uh, the fishing, uh, the new water pattern uniforms? Yeah, yeah. The, I, well, I don't know if it'll be uniforms. I know it's going to be a helmet. Like I've seen it. You've you've seen it. That that picture was real. That's a real thing. That that is not. I mean, that's that's a very 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 real situation. What do I think of Chris Parsons? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, I was having some fun on our uh, on our radio show's Twitter account on on Friday when uh, he played. He hosted the Ole Miss commit at quarterback, so it was uh, the Ole Miss commit playing at the Mississippi State commit, and um, no, it's it's inter- He is interesting. Because for 20 years, Mike Leach has relatively been the same, right? And that's kind of the talking point is when fans say, oh, they need to run the football more. Well, they're not going to because it's Mike Leach. Well, but he should, but he's not. Because 20 years tell you that his system is his system and he's not changing and that's just going to be what it is. But then he goes and signs a running quarterback. Guy looks like he's got some some talent in his arm as well, but he, he said a good athlete, really, really good athlete based on the highlights that I saw from Friday. So what what does that mean? Does that mean that they're going to evolve the air raid into a system where they use the quarterback and, and whether it be option situations or, or whatever, he is the most intriguing recruit intriguing being the right word that Mississippi state has signed since I've worked in media here. He's the most intriguing recruit they've ever signed. 
And that includes the ambidextrous baseball player. I think he's more intriguing than the ambidextrous baseball player. Because does this mean that Mike Leach is adapting, evolving, changing his system in a relatively dramatic way? I'm more interested in this kid than any player that they've ever signed. Because it might mean they're changing. Maybe they have the real tree concept for the military appreciation game. Maybe, but it's like it's like fishing camo. It's not like hunting camo. It's not like leaves and sticks and stuff. It's just kind of like a pattern. Uh, so it's their fishing pattern, essentially. Has there been any noticeable change with Weiss Jr. or is it still the Lane Show? That's a good question. Uh, based on what you hear from the players, it doesn't sound like there's much difference. Because they keep saying things like, I've been in the offense for a year now. So that that tells you that it's probably not much different. I'm just taking them at their word. I mean, we have to see it to know for sure. But when when the players say that uh, you know they're more comfortable in the system after being in it for a year or, or whatever, um, that that is a pretty good indicator that nothing has really changed. Jason on the Arizona game says it's literally the time of year when it rains in the desert on a nightly basis and it's been record levels so far. Look it up when you get a minute. I did not know that that Tucson, Arizona got rain like that. I'm going to have to. That Now, that game could get super weird if it's raining the whole time. Think about it. 10.30 Central kickoff, pouring down rain, Pac-12 after dark with State, trying to run the air raid at Arizona. That, that is a combination of of weird football right there. There's going to be like a muffed punt and like a field goal that double doinks and like a guy that intercepts a pass and then gets stripped. And then the offense picks up the ball. Like you're going to get all that kind of stuff that night. When is shark week? That's a good question. Maybe that's when they have the uniforms. You're going to every Ole Miss road game this year. What should you look more forward to death Valley or Kyle field death Valley, death Valley for sure. Um, the you know the fan treatment is different also um the fan treatment is different uh the people at Texas A&M are going to be very 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 nice to to you and it won't be the same in Death Valley uh you know what i've learned though is uh that LSU fans like you if you fire back like you know friendly banter it's not as bad as people say a game in Baton Rouge is not as bad as people say, unless you're sitting in the super upper deck in which you are literally at an incline like this. And like, if you fall forward, you might fall to your death. Like it's crazy how steep that is. Um, but it's not as bad as people say it is. It just, you know, be like a duck and just let some of the things that people will say, don't engage in it and you'll be fine. Most people are nice. The atmosphere is way better in Death Valley than it is Kyle Field, but the people will be nicer at Texas A&M, without a doubt. Do I think Will Rogers will go to the draft next year? After next season, possibly, not after this one. I, I don't think there's a scenario in which leaving for the draft would make sense for him. I, I, I think that uh, you've got two more years of Will Rogers, at least, as your starting quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think you've got two more years. Um, unless... And it's not a shot. I mean, this is just as I see it. Uh, he would have to take a massive step forward in, in terms of uh, ability if he's going to be 
foregoing multiple years of eligibility to go to the NFL. Um, I don't think he's there yet, and that's okay. He doesn't have to be there yet. He doesn't have to be there yet at all, uh, but I don't think he is. So, um, no, I think you've got two more years with him, and that and that's okay. I mean, um, that's good for you. He'll break all the passing records in the SEC, too, while he's at it. Um, he's just not there yet, and that's okay. Do I see many of uh, the high-rated quarterbacks behind Rodgers staying with Rodgers having so much eligibility left? I do not. And it's just a nature of the beast. I mean, this is why you have to recruit quarterbacks every year. Uh, That's why they sign Parsons, for example. Uh, That's why Ole Miss is going to sign Marcel Reed, uh, who won the uh, Battle of the Egg Bowl-committed quarterbacks on Friday night. And then next year, they're going to sign that kid from Arkansas. Uh, State's going to sign, after Parsons, they're going to sign another kid because in the era of the transfer portal, you should expect, you you should just expect quarterbacks to leave almost on an annual basis. Like whoever loses the job between Dart and Altmaier, let's pretend whoever wins the job, let's just say it's Jackson Dart. And this is just me opining. I don't know that this is going to happen, but let's say Jackson Dart wins the job and plays the season healthy. I would expect... Luke Altmaier to go somewhere because that is how college football that that's how it is. That's just what college football is today with the access to the transfer portal and no penalty for doing it. Quarterbacks are going to go somewhere where they can go play. That's just the nature of it. So yeah, I would expect Sawyer Robertson uh, possibly to hit the transfer portal because that's what happens. Uh, I mean, you know, they've got like Daniel Greek, uh, another guy that, uh, you know, maybe sticks around. I don't know, but that's just college football now. Your quarterbacks are going to leave. You get really excited about these high school signees, and and you may never actually get to see them uh, really play, which is also uh, hilarious when you're giving them $8 million. And no, State is not giving uh, him $8 million. But you've got Miami and Tennessee, and who's at Texas A&M, that's about to pay big money for a high school quarterback who may never actually play for them. It's, uh, It's kind of a joke. But um, that's recruiting anymore. That's uh, that's just recruiting. So yeah, it's all that little sidearm action. He's impressive. Uh, he is uh, Marcel Reed is is impressive. Um, that's just uh, that's just college football now, though. Jason says, I just want to see what Will Rogers can do if he doesn't have to check down on eighty percent of the plays. If the offensive line is good, he's going to shock some people, and he's got to be willing to do it as well. There's there's got to be. There's got to be some confidence uh, with him because I I do believe that he's accurate and he's got the ability. So many times last year, he showed you, like, wait, he can do that. So why doesn't he do that? You know, I mean, I found myself yelling at the TV last year when they would show replays from other angles and you see wide receivers open. and, And it's like, you know that he sees them, but he's just not just not throwing the football to these guys. And, and I think it was a, more of a confidence thing than anything else. And then he would do it once or twice, and you would see that it's there, and he just wouldn't do it enough. He's got to do it more because uh, the, the ability is there. Does he have the strongest arm in the world? No. But, I mean, that Auburn game last year, you know, if you, if you want to ignore the Egg Bowl and ignore the, the Liberty Bowl and look at the Auburn game, how many times – was he perfectly on time with good, confident, accurate throws? 
down the field. If that can be him every game, then you you've got something. Because he doesn't have the strongest arm, but if he's on time and accurate, then then that's okay. That that can work, even in the SEC. Does Kincaid Dent transfer after this year? How much does he love Ole Miss? That's uh, how much does he just want to you know be at Ole Miss? And if if he's the backup, he'll play a good bit. Uh, you know, maybe somebody gets hurt and it's his job or whatever. You know, how much does he love the school? Uh, that's, I guess that's the, the question, right? Cause I know he's, uh, I know he's a legacy or whatever, and he's got family roots. Um, I'd love for him to go transfer to Furman and go win a national championship for my boys. But, uh, is Mike Leach's job security truly safe for the next year? If he loses like five or six games in the egg bowl again? Yes, it is. Uh, because they just gave him. A contract extension and a raise. Actually, he got a he got a five hundred thousand dollar raise and an extension out to four years. So his buyout is is one that is unaffordable. And uh, yeah, so John Cohen committed to him uh, this off season. I mean, again, gave him a five hundred thousand dollar raise, extended him out to the four years. Uh, I assume the buyout came with it, and he's going to be patient with this. Um, whether you agree or not with that decision, that was the decision. And yeah, there was a lot of drama. I mean, right before the half two in the Egg Bowl, uh, Will Rogers got no help. And, and Sam Williams was just in his grill all night. So anyway. All right, guys, I got to go. Uh, I'm going to go watch Game of Thrones. But subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Uh, yeah, Nick Fortes is killing it right now. And I do agree that John Cohen's job is is dependent on how Mike Leach does. If uh, if this is a failure, then somebody else needs to be hiring the next football coach. It's just that simple. But anyway, like the video. Please like the video. Subscribe if you have not already. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll be back Wednesday night with you. Hopefully we have uh, some more answers about things like quarterbacks and stuff. But in the meantime, y'all be good. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm going to go watch... What is it? House of the Dragon? Yeah, I'm going to go do that. And uh, I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Y'all have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.